Uh, well, it's good to be here. Um, it's a bit daunting to be giving you uh, some input on this particular subject. I've been working on this material for over 40-some years, actually you could say a lifetime, and I think maybe we all have been doing our own um, similar kind of journey, but what I'm intending to do here primarily is to, to inform you and to motivate you in such a way that you will not just simply sit here and listen to it, but you'll actually do something and you'll take the uh, knowledge and take it home with you and do it over and over and over and over and over again until you have dissipated the incremental value to you. So let me get started. <clears throat> this is a spiritual practice, though you may not readily recognize it as such. So what we're looking at here is paying attention to what has heart and meaning. Every word in there is critical. And the idea behind part of this is to strengthen your inner healer. You can heal not only yourself, but also other people in the process. So this is all presented as one of the chapters in uh, the book called Creating a Fulfilled Life. This book I'm not going to let you buy. Um, you can get it online uh, at um, Amazon.com. It's very cheap, $10. Your return on investment would be in, in almost close to infinity. Uh, so my motivation is to demonstrate why paying attention is important to you. I also want to reveal some of the pragmatic underpinnings that, that show why that, that is important. I want to expose you to some concepts related to it. And what is that? And I want to help you to learn more about yourself and actually you learn more about others as well. Now here's a promise that almost no one is willing to give, but this is a promise that I'll make to you, that if you in fact understand and apply what I'm talking about today, I will guarantee you, I will promise you that your life will be better. Not only your life, but other people who connect with you. And if that doesn't work for you, you get your money back. Okay. <clears throat> so there are four rules, basic rules here. I'm not going to cover them all. One is to show up and tell the truth. A little bit more about showing up. If you don't show up, there's nothing that can happen. So you've got to show up. And I'll say more about showing up. So in order to, to uh, carry on the process, you must first learn uh, to show up. And there's lots of different religious uh, uh, domains that talk about it. Martin Buber, I and Thou, the Buddhist approaches. Uh, it's, it, it's there everywhere. Tell the truth. There's more to telling the truth than just simply what I'm saying there. Paying attention, and that's the subject for today. Trust the process with non-attachment. That's kind of a Buddhist concept, but it also is one that is very effective for persuading people and getting what you want to have done. What's that? Um, people who like to look at non-attachment as a concept tend to be 
in, in sympathy with the Buddhist orientation of non-attachment. Okay. So I guess you could say this is an interdenominational kind of presentation. And I have a rule that I call Bushman's Platinum Rule. You've heard of the Golden Rule. The Golden Rule is wrong. The Golden Rule says, look at yourself and then project what you want onto other people, and that's the way they should behave. So who's to say if I want to have uh, drugs that I should project that onto other people? No, I suggest you look at it the other way. That look at, at the other people and see what they need, not necessarily what they want, but what they need, and then try to meet that within your capabilities. So that's what I'm calling the platinum rule. You're focusing on other people and not yourself. Uh, I need to give credit to Angelus Arian. Angelus Arian is a cross-cultural anthropologist, also uh, teaches um, shamanism, and I spent three years studying with her, um, a rather remarkable woman. Uh, so I owe a great deal of gratitude, uh, a debt of gratitude to her. And incidentally, she's approved my using her concepts. So the purpose of my presentation is to define what it means by paying attention. I want you to also learn how you can apply the concepts to your life uh, and your inner, uh, to do your uh, inner healing. I want to give you a worksheet, which you have in your hands now, um, and that, you, that will be used for later part of the presentation. The major part of this presentation is not by me, it's by you. There'll be a test, yes. There will be a test, and the test is life. Okay? It's a tough test, but this will help you. So my guarantee is that everybody around you will be better as a result of you actually applying the concepts. <clears throat> so why should we pay attention? It might be kind of obvious. But it's discover where we're strong-hearted and weak-hearted, in part. And we need to know that. Discover what we want to do about being strong-hearted or weak-hearted. Some cases, we're strong-hearted. Maybe we don't want to be strong-hearted in those areas. Most of the time, we're weak-hearted, and we want improvement in the areas that we're weak-hearted. So we want to discover the, the healing force. And that comes from acknowledging other people and yourself, showing gratitude or giving gratitude, validating and acceptance and vulnerability, will you believe? Vulnerability and recognition which promote love and healing. Now, this may sound like it's pretty obvious, but it is not obvious. You know, most people don't understand the idea that if you're vulnerable, that can be a contribution to being strong-hearted rather than weak. I might say that many of the things that I'm presenting here are things that we do in our men's groups uh, here at the church. And so we're doing variations of some of these exercises. And I have maybe about 200 or so different exercises um, that we've used over the years. <clears throat> so this is just one of the, uh, the areas. So what must we do in order to uh, pay attention? 
prerequisites. I already said, suggested showing up, but showing up fully, not daydreaming. You're here physically, but if you start looking at other people here, you're not paying attention to the material here. Now, it may be fine to pay attention to the person you're looking at, but then you've shifted to paying attention to, to that person. That's fine. Whatever you do, pay attention to it. Okay, when you tie your shoes, pay attention to what you're doing. Otherwise, you'll fall over. Okay, whatever else. <clears throat> I love these PowerPoint presentation things. You've got to click a number of times. Uh, so live with integrity. Um, if we don't live with our, our integrity, we're not going to be walking our talk. People are not going to believe us. Uh, we're going to be charlatans. So you need to be authentic. You need to be who you are um, as a growing uh, and effective person. So when we do this, we don't ignore what's going on around us. You know as parents, you probably are very observant to what's going on in the household with your kids. While you're busy looking at something else or listening to something else, you still have an ear tuned to what's going on. If all of a sudden you hear silence, you know there's trouble going on. Okay. And then we know what is real versus not real. Today's uh, political situation, that is often very difficult. And that's understanding what the truth is. And that's another section of the book. So we don't distort, uh, distort what we uh, see. Uh, we discern. We're not prejudiced. We discern what's going on. And we acknowledge what the truth is. That doesn't mean necessarily we say the truth, because sometimes that can be harmful. So what are we paying attention to? We're paying attention to what has heart, and that means what is emotionally important. Um, how many of you are familiar with uh, Myers-Briggs type indicator? Okay, so you will know whether or not you're kind of a feeling person as opposed to an, an intellect person. This is the part that deals with the feeling portion, the emotionality. And interestingly enough, those people that are good in heart may not be good in the intellect. So. Um, you need to learn to talk each other's language when you're uh, communicating with each other. So in order to pay attention, we must embrace fully what it is we're seeing. We must be wholehearted and not half-hearted in this venture. Otherwise, we'll miss some of it. We have, um, whenever we're stimulated, we have thousands of stimuli coming to us at any one moment in time. We cannot attune to every single one of these things. We have threshold constants, so to speak, in part to maintain our sanity, because we can't pay attention to everything at an equal level of, of uh, attentiveness, nor should we. But at least you should pay attention to what is important and then embrace that as a reality. Uh, we, we want to be open-hearted, not closed-hearted. Um, Suzuki has a um, concept, Zen mind, beginner mind. If we think we already know it all, we're not likely to listen to what somebody else has to say. We're constantly arguing with them in our mind. So if you have a Zen mind that is beginner mind, you're willing to be open, 
to the possibility that the other, the other concepts are legitimate, then you're more likely to learn and benefit from that exposure. So we must be strong-hearted, committed, passionate, not weak, not lack, lack uh, um, courage. In part, that's also what enables you to show up. So if you are strong in your understanding and your beliefs, you'll have confidence. And you'll be able to pay attention without having uh, fear be a, a motivator primarily. So the other thing we're paying attention to is what has meaning. So, what is important to us? People, beliefs, attitudes, interest, all of those are some sense of connectivity. Connection is very important. So, we look at lovers, we look at family, children, parents, we look at friends and colleagues, we look at the spirit, your spiritual self, your own identity, and the community that you, within which you practice your spiritual behavior. Uh, we look at professional alliances, and we, we look at ourself, our values, our integrity, our sense of self-worth, our sense of worthiness. If we don't have that sense of worthiness, we're going to be operating out of fear, okay, rather than out of love. So we need that. So all of these things are what we're paying attention to. Some of them are external to ourselves, some of them are internal, but they all get internalized in some way. And they all are forms of connectivity. So what are the benefits? So what I'm doing right now is I'm giving you motivation for why you should do the work that's going to be coming later. Okay, so I'm preparing you for that. We become more empathic. We become more invigorated. We become aware. We become, we become more understanding. <clears throat> It's interesting. I had an exercise when I was in seminary. I had to look at one square foot of earth about this size and spend an hour or so just looking at that. Amazing. Okay. From that, I learned that it is impossible for you to get bored if you are paying attention. If you are bored, that's another way of saying, I'm not paying attention. Okay, because there's always something interesting. Used to be I didn't trust anybody over 30. Now I don't trust anybody under 30. <laughs> that routine, that's not really true. I, I get my learning from wherever I can. So we learn about life and how to be better. And I'm, my assumption is most of us want to be better. Um, however we might define that. We may be perfectly happy with ourselves, but we also can see that there's room for growth and improvement. So we want to know how to avoid problems and how to handle these problems. There's a concept called emotional, uh, emotional intelligence as, a, as opposed to intellectual intelligence, IQ. Well, the more that we learn how to be emotionally mature, the more capable we are of avoiding problems and knowing how to handle those problems. So we learn to heal ourselves and others and our relationships. Feel worthy, not shamed. Many people feel shamed when they don't feel like they measure up. There's not room for feeling shame here. We want to be whole. 
we want to feel like what we're doing is good and the best we can and we're and find acceptable and if we don't find it acceptable at least we find it worthwhile to continue on and not feel guilty about it we want to learn how to have fun more joy less misery the sorrow the Buddhist part of that <clears throat> so other benefits we can live a more connected life we can feel wanted we can feel safe we can, be, we can feel more connected we are more effective focused relevant impactful and feeling worthy Some of these may be obvious to you, but sometimes pointing out the obvious is a good idea just to reinforce it. Recognize our independence, the need for collaboration uh, with allies, supporters, friends. Recognize the hazards and vulnerability with strength. All of these benefits uh, can help you be a more complete, full individual. And realize that you're not just an individual. You are in with uh, the interdependent web of all being. You may have heard of that notion. Okay, that's here. Uh, so that's part of what is referred to there. So we learn what is important has, has, and has meaning. <clears throat> Life is more interesting. Never get bored looking at that one square foot. It's interesting. I, I will meet strangers in Guatemala or wherever. And I'll sit down next to them and I will communicate with them, maybe in broken Spanish or maybe no language at all. But we will find that we can communicate. I uh, was going out of a mosque in, um, I forget where was it. Laura, do you remember where it was? Yeah, okay. Azerbaijan, wonderful mosque. This guy came up to me. I didn't know him, couldn't speak the language. Um, but he, he said, he came up and he greeted and he said, Salaam Alaikum. And I could tell he was saying that from the depth of his heart. Did not know how to respond other than just say, Salaam. I'm supposed to say, Alaikum Salaam. But anyway. Um, and then when he came out, he asked where I was from. <clears throat> and I said I was from America. And there was a heartfelt connection there. Didn't even know his language. Never met him before. But there was some value in having met him and my sense of Islam just rose a bit just because of that one exposure, honest exposure with heart. It's amazing what you can learn when you don't even know the language. So we are more interesting. We are more willing to take risks and be vulnerable. We don't have to worry so much about um, making mistakes. We're willing to make mistakes. That's part of life. Uh, but we, we don't beat up on ourselves when we do that. Oh, yes. I need to ask if somebody bring me water. Yes. Good. <laughs> That's something very important to do. Pay attention to your body. <laughs> Um, men, men often have difficulty with that aspect and, and you just demonstrated how a woman can respond by getting uh, by stating what you, you want so I have a, one of the concepts I have is ask 100% of the time for 100% of what you want 
I, I've done this with men, and they just get irate. How can you possibly ask for that's being really selfish? Yeah. So uh, and it's, important, it's important to ask for what you want. You may not get it, but you ask anyway with the idea that the answer might be no, and you can accept no as the answer. Then there's no loss for having asked. Yeah, we're not just acknowledging that she uh, she made the request. We're at, we're actually doing something about it. <clears throat> we're taking action. Thank you. And and thanks for noticing that and following up. Okay. Yes. So I'm going to invite you to internalize and apply the remaining concepts, actually for the concepts that we've already mentioned, to to your life. So um, we need to know how it is that we know something. How do we know what has heart and meaning? Well, that's not an easy question. Uh, I've read books on how it is that we know what we know. Um, and uh, it's difficult okay, to, to really apply it and to know. But we apply our beliefs, logics, and feeling uh, we, we, in short, use all the faculties, uh, all the resources that are available to us, and in ways sometimes we don't even realize. Intuition. I taught a course in um, um, the wise manager, managing yourself and others wisely at the graduate level. And one of the, uh, the, the topics was how to improve, enhance, and to enhance your intuitive powers. It was fascinating because there are ways that you can improve your intuition, but we use it. Now, this is where I differ from um, much of the literature. The literature doesn't talk about this, but. I believe that we make decisions by a full-bodied, whole-bodied device. Everything that we have available to us. Some of the things we may not realize it. Little peptides, whatever we got going on in our body. Um, we sense a great deal that we are not even aware of. We use all of that to make decisions. Just tell the students. These are business students. I say, for heaven's sakes, don't tell your boss you came to this conclusion through hmm, a hunch or a guess or intuition. No, you come to your conclusion, um, know clearly what your conclusion is, and then uh, find a, an acceptable language to justify that with your boss. It's probably some form of logic, okay, and some kind of plan, but not what you, not the real process that you used. Go ahead and use the process. Uh, but many people will not understand that and will not accept it. But what you do when you uh, use uh, the, the full body decision making approach is you have more confidence. You're not likely to be insecure so much about what you're uh, suggesting. <clears throat> so how do we express these, 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 what we come to understand? We express them in the stories that we tell about ourselves, what we believe, and what we share. So I'm going to ask you shortly to deal with that. So we develop our inner healer when we pay attention to what is heart and meaning. We extend acknowledgement to and love to ourselves and others. 
have a balanced view of health. Haven't said much about health, but exercise. It's all in, was it Deuteronomy? Um, you know, sleep, eat well, exercise. And from thousands of years on, all the books have said pretty much the same thing. Well, that's health. Balanced view of health. And this is, again, Angelus Arian. <clears throat> so how will you develop your inner healer? Where is your growth? So there are eight truths that Angelus suggests, and I'll just list them. One, healing is a lifelong journey towards wholeness. So just listening to today lecture is not going to give you the wholeness, the total healing that you might possibly have. It will be another step on your journey. Just don't forget it. Healing is about connection and interdependence. There been a number of studies on why and how people are happy. And the fundamental uh, variable that uh, uh, is related to happiness is friendship. Not how many belongings you've accumulated over your life or your income and that kind of thing. Okay. Um, Barb, I need to know when we're getting close to having time problems. Uh, okay, we're, we're in good shape. I j- just give me a high sign when it looks like we need to... Uh, break here more. Thank you. That's part of my connectivity here. Okay. Uh, so we heal um, the and in, we we embrace what is sometimes difficult for us to to do. Um, some of our our fears. One of the things that I was fearful of was acting. Now, at one time, I acted for six months on a TV station, and I completely blanked that experience out. But it came time to, to do uh, acting as an adult. This was as a teenager. As an adult, I still had that fear. So what do I do? I go towards that fear uh, and start acting in, in, in plays. And you get over that fear by, by embracing it, by, by facing it, hopefully. Some actors say they never do get over the the fears, and and there's some value in having some fear, but don't let it control you. Healing is um, opening what has been closed and softening towards that. Uh, Another notion you may have heard is kind of like embrace the shadow side of yourself, uh, make friends with it. That's coming to know who you are in in a total sense. And it's important to not let that unknown, unrecognized, unacknowledged part of you control you, yourself without you knowing what's going on. And we all have that. It's often it gets expressed in behaviors that are reactive to something that happened with your parents when you were a child and you carry on in a non-productive way. So you need to pay attention to that and opening it up and being softened towards it. <clears throat> Healing is experiencing the transcendent. Now, Unitarians might have a little problem with this, but there are a lot of things that are transcendent. Um, and you have your own sense. I'm sure everybody here has something, some sense of something being transcendent. Um, when I was in t- teaching this wise manager course, uh, the students largely defined what the course would be. But I had the last 15 minutes where I would speak ex cathedra, uninterrupted and I was absolutely astounded by what I was saying I was saying where is this coming from I've never had these thoughts before so I started tape recording 
these things. It, it was as though something else was speaking through me. And I attributed that to some sense of the transcendent. And uh, interestingly, in the uh, shaman course, um, the shaman uh, labeled me not as an educator, but rather as a healer. I had a hard time dealing with that because I'd spent a number of years, my whole lifetime, doing the educating part. And I realized, yeah, I am a healer. Everybody who comes in contact with me has, in some way, is better off and is, has some sense of healing as a result of that. So I now own that particular thing. The transcendent is something that was a surprise to me. And in the shaman course, I uh, kind of uh, unthinkingly said um, who I am as a conduit to God. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know what that meant, but that's where it was. And so I own that as uh, an aspect that somehow I, um, I recognize. So there's a sense of transcendent. I sometimes look at it as being the higher self, the, the better person you can be. Some people refer to God. Um, whatever your choice is, there's some sense of transcendency. And that's a central concept in spirituality. Spirituality has two main concepts. One is connectivity, and the other is a sense of transcendence. So those, <laughs> I spent a whole course just learning those two things. Anyway, well, actually a lot more than that. Healing is the expressing of creativity, passion, and love. Um, when we are creative, when we're passionate about something, um, and we exercise that, we do inner healing. It's fun. I play music. There was a time when I was going through some mourning. I couldn't put it in words. So what I did is I played my trumpet and played the, whatever the motions were that I did not have access to. And I thought, yeah, that's healing. That's a, that's a good process to go through. Amazing. Some people do it through art. There's lots of different ways. You can do it walking through walking meditations. Uh, whatever works for you, go for it. Healing is living life to its fullness. Well, I've already said enough about that. That's what the whole book is about. Healing is learning to trust life. Now, a lot of us work off either fear or we work off of love. Far too often in my book, we work out of fear. But we're better off, I think, more productive when we work from the love base. Uh, there, there's some caveats there, and I'm not going to go into them right now. Oh, they were just acknowledging the, the source of all wisdom that I'm uh, uh, quoting here, and that's Angela Sarian. She has a book, um, The Fourfold Way, and I highly recommend it. But once you start it, you will find it will take you probably a lifetime to really master what she's saying. And what, what I am doing is I am also taking a great deal of what she has said and making it uh, more practical. Okay. <clears throat> Pardon? The fourfold way, and it has a subtitle. 
Yeah, is it? It's, I, well, that's <laughs> that's right. It's it's in the handout, right? And I and I do highly recommend it. There are not very many books I would recommend, but I'd recommend that. In writing, yeah, it's in the uh, it's in the, it's in the handout. Yeah, yeah. So eight facilitators of healing, balanced diet. Okay, moment of truth here. How many people feel like they have a balanced diet? Wow. Okay, you're you're not typical. Okay, go go down to McDonald's and see and ask that question. Daily and weekly exercise, at least 30 minutes every day. Wow. I'm wondering whether I should believe you or not, but okay. <laughs> Time for fun, play, and laughter. Uh, oh, we're doing another survey. Okay. <clears throat> well, now, that, there are fewer of those, but maybe they, they, they've got you by surprise. I do, uh, I've done a, a fun exercise with men, and I've looked at how they, um, the frequency and the nature of the funds that they have uh, compared to women and um, myself. And it is dismal. You guys, um, I shouldn't say you guys, but the men tend to be kind of low-level uh, performers on fun. Uh, and we depend, we tend to depend on our wives and our girlfriends to kind of stimulate us to get out of the house, stop watching television, playing, you know, watching football, whatever it is, and going out and having fun. So, side comment, sorry. I know it's true. But I don't want to focus on that. <laughs> so I'll keep it our personal secret. <laughs> okay, music, singing, and chanting. Uh, different ways of, um, of, um, of in being involved. All life-giving. Those people in the choir get a little extra bonus points here. Uh, love, touch, and support systems. We all need some form of touch, some expression of love. Um, and if we don't have it, we will start to die. We will start to wither. Uh, one of the things Viktor Frankl had to say in its local therapy, uh, why did some people die in the, circ- in the concentration camps and other people lived? The ones that lived tend to be the ones that had some reason for living. They wanted to be... Uh, in touch with their support system, their family, people that were important to them, people they loved. So they had a reason for um, surviving, and it, and it works. Engage in interest, hobbies, and creative purposes. Um, a lot of guys retire. Three years later, they die. Why? Often, I think, it's because they don't have any reason for living. Their whole life was defined by what they did in the way of work. Okay? But they never spent time developing hobbies, some form of fun. Um, and so when, if you retire, uh, you need to have something to retire to so that you're not tired. You know, you do something. Uh, so that's, that's vital. And so everybody does their own. I have music, I have photography, I travel, yada, yada, yada. Nature and beauty, uh, healing environments, 
came out to California from Philadelphia. Most people know Philadelphia. It's not California. <laughs> and I was driving down the highway and I said, I can't leave this place. I was a tenured professor back at Drexel in Philadelphia. I thought, no. Chuck the whole thing. Decided to live out here in California because of the beauty. It's a, a fantastic place, great environment. Faith and belief in the higher self are being. <clears throat> okay, we kind of touched on that earlier. So now, yes. Great. We're just right where I want to be. Good. So we're preparing here. So we need to look at our, and this is where I'm going to ask you to do some introspection and maybe doing some little uh, writing. So our greeting stories reveal our superficial, socially accepted things. So just plan your mind how you greet. What do you say when you greet? You say things that are socially acceptable. Okay. And that greeting is generally about 15 seconds or so. So those are the highlights of your story, of who you are in a way. And you present in that time, time span your id, yourself, um, your facade. Uh, all of those are elements. Uh, generally, we do not present our shadow side, and we don't present depth stories. So they're very shallow. But they do signify things that are important. So typical content of the greeting stories covers, how are you? My name is Tony and yours. You can just kind of put yourself in this. We all do this. Um, next topic, you know, it's either weather, sports, or children. You know, something in, inane, um, but is important to us. It's, I shouldn't really say inane. It's important to us. Uh, but we don't really go into a whole lot of depth. However, it is an entree into further conversation and more of the story. So, I work as a professor. What do you do? And there's some cultural differences. Some cultures don't, don't have this particular series of uh, scenarios. Do you have any kids? Okay, and it goes into family discussions, family events, current events. So, you're going deeper... We apply attention to the concepts of the life. Up to this point, what we've done is I've just given you an overview of the concept of uh, heart and meaning, paying attention to what is heart and meaning. Now we're going to go into more depth, but we're going to go at it in a personal way uh, related to you uh, as such. And you need to be accountable to yourself. Um, one of the things I've discovered over the many years of, of doing personal growth and support workshops is that most of us, I will say maybe 90 some, maybe I might even go to 95% of us say we want to do one thing and then we say we might be willing to make a commitment and then we sabotage ourselves and we don't do it. So one of the problems with motivational books is they, they really sound great, rah, rah, wonderful, but then you, don't, you make no commitment and you don't follow through. You're not acting with integrity. Uh, I know this. Okay. So I try to build in ways where you must uh, act with integrity if you're going to do the exercise at all. 
So pick one of the areas, and I'm asking you to do this now. Pick one of the four areas that I've listed here. You can list a number of them. You can go through this list and create your own. You can be doing this for the rest of your life. But here's like family, accomplishments and failures, spiritual journeys, love stories. Uh, Pick one of them. And I'm going to ask you shortly to develop that more in your own mind. So focus on one that has some special uh, charge, some, something that you're particularly interested in. I'm not going to ask you to share this. So it's, it's, a, it's our personal secret. Okay? All right. Yes? Um, if you actually it's almost my mind goes to a battery if you get a little that's a charge so it's something you feel um, and if you don't get a charge on it well, why, why spend effort on that go, go do something you have some passion for <clears throat> yes I recently met a man who thinks he can turn into a woman with a surgical operation. In my universe, that's impossible. So how am I going to deal with people from his universe? Um, my, My suggestion would be is you really pay attention to what that person wants is. Uh, and not project onto that person what your expectations are of that person and just accept them for who they are and not I wouldn't tend to question why they're doing what they're doing I'm, I would be curious just because I'm naturally curious but I wouldn't be doing it with a sense of judgment um, I'd be doing it with a sense of discernment um, I'm not sure I've answered your question uh, maybe your question is almost not answerable um, let, let me move on to uh, some of the other questions here, and, uh, and uh, w- this will allow us to get into more depth. <clears throat> so what I want you to take a moment to clearly focus on one of the major stories in your life, which I just asked you to focus on. Within that story, think of one or two major scenarios or events that carry a charge, either positive or negative. We don't have to be thinking about negative things. We can be thinking of positive things as well. So think about one or two of those things. Kind of just give it a headline, a name, because you, you will not have time here to go into depth on that. But at least it can be a reminder to you uh, when you go back home. So just give this thing a, a short title, this, whatever that scenario is that you're, you're interested in. Um, maybe you give two or three headlines. Not long paragraphs, just headlines that will operate it's kind of like as an outline for you to, to um, be thinking about more and, uh, later. So write some of the subheadings covering the major details within each of those headlines. So you can see I'm taking you more and more depth into each of these um, areas. And this is where the hard work starts. Okay. So what does the story reveal about you that is most important to your life in your life right now? So the stories that you tell, tell you, it tells yourself what's important.
So what I would have you do is I'd have you journal write. What I mean by journal write is write through uh, all of the headlines, the subheadings, that kind of stuff that you've done, and fill that in and journal write. And we'll, you can do that on your own at home. Um, and it'll probably take longer than two or three minutes, but here I would limit it to two or three minutes because we need to do question and answer and that kind of thing. So what does the story reveal about what you do? Ask yourself that question and then answer that. What do you like and dislike about yourself in that story? It's fading out. Okay. Underline in green or star, whatever it is, the most important areas where you are strong-hearted Underline in red or use an X the most important areas where your behavior falls short of your ideals. So this is the part where I'm having you do your work and this is your life work. Circle the major areas where you would like, where you'd be willing to make commitments uh, and follow through on those commitments. Okay, it's action time. Make your commitments, follow through. Uh, on these on these commitments, uh, one of the ways to get some sense of um, obligation there or accountability is make a commitment and share that with a friend who will uh, talk with you in a week or two or whatever and kind of work with you along this process. So develop a specific, concrete action plan for carrying out your commitments uh, for committing to change. Now, I tend to follow this basic process for all the workshops that I lead with regard to the men's work that that I do. I set dates for milestones for when they're supposed to be accomplished. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Let me open it up for questions that you might have at this point. Questions? Yes. Wait for the mic. Tony, thank you very much. Very interesting. I was wondering uh, where in your presentation you think acceptance and judgment. Because when the storm of thoughts comes through our mind, we are just, um, you know, carried away with it. The question is, how do you deal with uh, two fundamental issues we all face? Uh, judgment and acceptance. Acceptance, um, I mean, our own condition and what is around us. Right. No, I think I'm, I'm tracking with you. Um, the, the, that's actually the subject of the chapter that comes before this in the book. Uh, it's about telling the truth without judgment um, and um, with the, with the sense of beneficence. Um, so, and then how do we know what the truth is? Is part of the problem. And I, I recommend that we triangulate like navigators do uh, on, a, on a map when they're uh, sailing um, to find out what the truths are that are coming to us from different places. 
So once we listen to, we get input, and we should listen to that input the first time, we say, oh, that's interesting, thank you. Second time, some other person, independent, says that same thing, saying, oh, I better pay more attention to this. Third time, it happens, um, you got a pretty good fix. Chances are, what what's these the comments are probably do fit you. They're not projections of other people onto you. Uh, so, uh, I mean, inclined to take that as a truth and and learn to accept that that might be part of who you are. I would delve into into it in greater depth um, and to see. Uh, to, uh, for me, I hold it as a hypothesis. And when I get enough information, then I'll form the conclusion, okay, that's right, or no, it's not right. So we get lots of input from different people in different ways. So we pay attention to it. And the other questions? Um, Tony, thank you so very much for your talk today. Um, I'm really blessed by having a lot of friends in my life. When I say friends, I mean really people who are going to be honest with me about where I am and what's going on. Could you comment about the difficulty some people have in forming those kinds of friendships, or at least one? <laughs> is, there, is, this, is there a way to trust or have that kind of faith of, and, and you talk about vulnerability. I, I think that that's a big block uh, to many to reaching out, uh, lest they find out that we're very human and uh, people. Um, th- that is a, a difficult subject. Um, most men in their lifetime only have maybe one or two, maybe three at most, general, generally, close friends of the nature that I'm thinking that you're referring to. It's not easy for men uh, to form those kinds of uh, friendships. And in part, it's built into our biological system, being a protector, defender of the fort, the home, that kind of stuff, limbic brain stuff. Um, And there are books written on In Search of Friend. My Sherrod Miller wrote a book on In Search of Friend. Spent a whole year or so trying to find a friend. Never did find one. Um, So... And, and there, I've done workshops on finding friends and, and cultivating them and things of that nature. It's kind of like growing a plant. Um, you make sure you got a good seed, somebody who you want to water and cultivate. I'm thinking of the being there movie. <laughs> uh, but it's, um, it's something you have to spend it, to pay attention to, spend time with. Uh, and be vulnerable with, share time, good quality time, um, ride through the difficult times with each other. Um, I've been fortunate enough to have some friends, really close friends. Not enough. Um, I'd like to have more. Uh, Most men would. Women don't seem to have that problem nearly as much as men do. Um, It seems more natural for them to form these friendships. Uh, did I answer your question? Okay, okay. Hi, Tony. I just wanted to take a look at this notion again of what you pay attention to, mm-hmm. especially in light of the fact that we do inter- interface with other people. For example, I try to focus on what is the truth, 
because it's from the truth that I get to make decisions that are meaningful not only for me and for others. Yet I interact with people who very often relate to fear. If you look at what's been going on in the world and what's been happening in the nation and you start talking to people and the answers that I get imply that these people are looking at things, they're paying attention to things that are fearful. And then you try, when I try to orient them back, what is the truth? Well, look, it's very difficult to cross that bridge. So, how do you hold true to what is truth at the same time interacting with people who seem to be (laughs) fear-based? My mind goes to the politicians um, who thrive on uh, getting you to react to fear. Um, I think, if I understand the import of your question, the central thing to do is to be centered within yourself, to know who you are, and not let somebody else's fear uh, cloud your particular um, understandings and desires of how you think you should behave and, and not necessarily place expectations on them to be as smart as you are and to agree with you because we all know that you're right. Right? Uh, so, uh, and, and I think just taking it as input um, and processing it but not necessarily taking it as um, uh, the truth, whatever the truth is. We never really know what the truth is. We know what our truth is. Well, we may not even know what our truth is sometimes. Um, I have a feeling I did not answer your question. Do you have a, any little, short little wrap-up? Uh, we have to quit in a minute. Um, well, it's for whom the bell tolls. <laughs> Uh, so I, I appreciate your questions. Um, I'm very uh, uh, thankful. The, the quality of the questions were just superb. Um, so it tells me that you were paying attention. Now go out and do your homework. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tony. <laughs> I have a copy of the book here uh, that from which this is coming. I will not sell it because I don't have very many copies, but you can get it from um, uh, Amazon.